Hello, and welcome to Dream City Omaha. I'm Melissa, and I want to thank you for joining us today. If this is your first time, please let us know by texting WELCOME to 402-383-1874. Today's service will begin soon. Good morning, church. Who is ready for some reintegration management therapy? Training, training, therapy, occupational hazard. I'm sorry, you're like, no, I didn't sign up for that. <laughs> for some reintegration management training. Last week, we introduced this concept, this principle of reintegration, this process or this idea of becoming whole. We looked at the fact that we are, in fact, three-part beings, right? You guys remember that. And each aspect of our being operates or functions with a, with a specific role divinely designed to generate an awareness in our being. And over the next couple of weeks, we're, we're going to unpack every aspect of that being that you might be equipped to be fully effective managers of those resources. And we talked about the fact that, that every aspect of our being is generated to, or designed to generate an awareness. Remember, we talked about our body, and our body is designed to generate an awareness of, of our environment. Our soul is divine to, or designed to generate an, an awareness of ourselves and how we are interpreting what we're experiencing from that physical environment. It's also the relay center between my body and my spirit. And my spirit, I know, makes me aware of God. Pastor John already said it this morning, but we, we ended this introduction with this charge to manage the resources. Why? Because we've been bought. We have an owner. And I know that that's kind of weird to hear, and it's a, it's a little, I don't know, unsettling. For, for some of you, maybe it leaves a, a bad taste in your mouth. I've been bought. I have an owner. Here's what I need you to know, though. When we buy something, we're only willing to pay what we think it's worth, right? Jesus paid it all for you. He gave everything for you, for your life. Your life matters to him. So that shouldn't unsettle you. That doesn't need to leave a bad taste in your mouth. You don't need to be scared or put off by the thought of him being your owner. In fact, that's the safest place for you to be. He's the owner. We are the managers. We need to, to steward well those resources. I, I never knew that a talent was a unit of measure. Listen, we have all kinds of units of measure. And to each, we've been entrusted something different. Over the next couple of weeks, we're going to look at what it means to faithfully manage those resources. That was the charge that Paul gave in 1 Corinthians chapter 4, to be faithful managers, to do what the manager or the owner would want me to do, even when I don't feel like it. Each week is going to build off the previous week. And if you have questions that come up over the series, good. Write them down. See if they're not answered by the end of it all. If they're not, email Pastor John. He loves answering questions like that. <laughs> But today we're going to start with the body, and I thought this would be the simplest because it's the most tangible, but I need you to know I wrestled with this this week. 
This morning, I had John pray for me before I left the house. And as he was praying, he just said, Lord, we know that sometimes your word is the oil and it it brings the comfort and it brings the healing and sometimes your word is the double-edged sword. And this morning, I think it may be the latter, but I want to say something before we get started. Please know that my heart is for you, that there is nothing that I want to share that is in any way coming from a place of judgment or condemnation. And if at any time you hear that or you feel that, recognize that as the voice of the accuser and guard your heart against offense. Because he would love nothing more than to send you into to a vortex of shame and condemnation. But that is not from God. And you can choose not to go down that. Amen. So let's just pray in agreement with that. Father, we thank you for your word. We thank you that it's good, that it's true, that it is the training manual for our lives. And so this morning, we offer ourselves as living sacrifices. I pray that you would prepare hearts anoint their ears, let these words be yours and not mine in Jesus' name. Name he said amen. Amen, 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 amen. Okay, so here's what we're gonna do. This morning I'm gonna give you three management tips for when it comes to faithfully stewarding your body, okay? You ready? You have your notes out, you're ready to go. No? Are you ready? Okay, somebody's ready, all right. Tip number one, pay attention to your body. Pay attention to your body. The very first thing that I must do in order to properly care for my body is to pay attention to the messages that it's communicating, right? We're all doing this to some extent. I just want to help you improve that communication. Like any other relationship in your life, it starts with quality communication. It's kind of weird to think about it in the sense of having a relationship with my body, right? What's a relationship? It's a, it's a connection. Do you have a, or an involvement? Do you have a connection with your body? Absolutely you do, of course you do. And quality connection always starts with communication. Let me say that again. Quality connection starts with communication. So remember, your bodies are designed to generate an awareness of your environment. And like I told you last week, that communication is happening all day, every day. Sweating as the temperature rises or my physical activity increases. Goosebumps when it's cold or my teeth chattering when it's cold. Uh, my mouth watering when I smell good food. The list goes on. Those are some pretty basic, pretty general forms of communication, messages that your body is communicating. Listen, today, just practice this. Practice being aware of the messages that your body is communicating. We all have to start somewhere. So, so just practice that. Some of these messages I'm more aware of than others. Some of them are easier to recognize, and some arguably generate a stronger response than others. Twice this week, my teenage boys got into the car after sports, and I almost gagged because they smelled so bad. That is a message being communicated from my environment through my body. You guys with me this morning? So all the time we're receiving these messages. My body doesn't just respond to the external environment, though it also responds to the internal environment. 
Okay, what is the internal environment? It's the things that I am or am not putting into my body. I love Kobe Steakhouse, but every time I go there, I know it's going to be a sacrifice because I always get a stomachache from the oil that they used. If I don't drink enough water, I get a headache. There are certain smells that give me a headache. Anybody that has food allergies or you've ever eaten something that, that doesn't sit well with you, that's a message communicated by your body. Are you guys following me? These are so simple. This is happening all the time. You're always communicating with your body, but we have to step that up a notch. We have to increase and enhance this communication for a quality connection. Here's another thing though, and this is maybe going to be a little bit new to you. My body doesn't just respond to physical environments. Okay, my body also responds to spiritual and emotional environments, okay? So what that means is my body is also uh, communicating messages from my soul and my spirit. Let me show it to you in, in the scriptures, and then we can flesh this out a little more. In Psalms chapter 6, David is pouring his heart out as per usual, and this is what he says. He says, have mercy on me, Lord, for I am faint. The New King James says, I am weak. Help me, Lord, for my bones are in agony. My soul is deep in anguish. How long, Lord? How long? And then in verse 6, he says this. He says, I'm worn out from groaning. All night long, I flood my bed with weeping. I drench my couch with tears. Now, if you're familiar with the writings of David, you know, David's a musician. <laughs> David is an artist. David is a deeply passionate man. So could the laments or the cries of David in this psalm just be poetic in nature? Yes, maybe. But I'm not going to ask for a raise of hands to ask if you, you, you've ever been so deeply anguished in your soul, so emotionally broken that you felt it in your body. Pain, actual pain in your body because of the anguish of your soul. I've lived through seasons of that kind of anguish. I've lived through seasons where my mom had to come over to my apartment and, and pull the curtains back and put a worship CD in when we still had CD players because I hadn't been out of bed in two, eight, two days because the emotional anguish was so deep. I've lived through seasons where the anxiety is so bad that I feel it in my chest tightening and I just want to crawl out of my skin. Listen, that's a message being communicated through your body from your soul and an emotional environment. So, that, so that, that's a message from my soul. But then we also have messages that manifest physically from our spirit. In Mark chapter 5, the Bible tells of a story of Jesus healing a man that had been possessed by an evil spirit, a man who lived in an area known as the Gadarenes. And it says when they arrived to this area, Jesus climbed out of the boat. A man possessed by an evil spirit came out from the tombs to meet him. This man lived in the burial caves, the graveyard, you guys. He could no longer be restrained, even with a chain. Whenever he was put into chains and shackles, as he often was, he snapped the chains from his wrist and smashed the shackles. No one was strong enough to subdue him. Day and night, he wandered among the burial caves, 
in the hills, howling and cutting himself with sharp stones. So many messages being communicated to and through the physical body. The evil spirit within this man was manifesting physically in the body. Had an opportunity to minister in Alaska one time. If any of you have ever been to our all-access event that we put on here, there's, there's a session on deliverance. And there was a young lady that had responded during this session. And she was literally like heaving in response to, to, to the deliverance that she was partaking in, to, to the, the being free from this evil spirit. But it, but it was like this, this violent force. Her body was physically manifesting, physically communicating a message from the spirit. It's not just evil spirits. We had a lady once who was attending the church for quite some time and then just suddenly stopped. One of our small group leaders had reached out to her and she said, listen, I had to stop coming to that church because every time I would show up for worship, I would just cry uncontrollably the whole time. I'm like, oh yeah, it happens to me all the time. What is that? It's a physical response to the spirit. I'm not thinking, I'm not doing, I'm just crying. It's a physical message from your spirit. The goal is not to stop this communication, church. It's to become aware of it so that you can recognize it and manage it. Because like the great theologian Mr. Rogers said, everything mentionable is manageable. Managing doesn't always mean making it go away. Sometimes it just means figuring out why it showed up in the first place. We're so conditioned to treating symptoms that we never stop to ask why. Why am I feeling this way? Listen, when my kids come and complain about a headache, you know what the first thing I say to them is? It's not, can I pray for you? It's how much water have you drank? Why? Because dehydration causes headaches and my kids never drink enough water. Listen, I think sometimes we want God to heal things that he's called us to manage. I'm not gonna take this away. I've called you to manage it. I've entrusted you with this resource. Have you ever rented a house? Imagine if you were renting a house and you threw a huge party and the house was trashed. You wake up the next morning, it's like, oh my gosh, what happened? You call the landlord, listen, there's an emergency. You need to get over to this property stat. Can you imagine the response of the landlord? when he shows up to find that you have trashed his property and you now want him to fix it? Have you lost your mind? Sometimes I think God's up in heaven talking to to the, have you lost your mind? You want me to heal what I've called you to manage, but I can't manage it unless I pay attention to the messages that it's sending. You'll never be able to manage your body if you're not paying attention to those. So that's rule number one. Tip number one, you have to pay attention. Take this a little bit deeper, okay? All week, I want you to be paying attention to those physical responses. Write some of them down. Talk some of them out loud. But make this a habit. Make this a discipline, a practice. Don't just ignore those things. And not only mention them, but ask why. Why am I feeling this way? What am I feeling and why am I feeling this way? Tip number two, you guys ready for it? 
Treat your body like a temple, not an idol. Treat your body like a temple, not an idol. In 1 Corinthians chapter 6, the Bible says this, don't you realize that your body is the temple of the Holy Spirit who lives in you and was given to you by God? You do not belong to yourself. God bought you, there's that word again, with a high price. So you must honor God with your body. Now in the full context of this scripture, Paul is is primarily addressing sexual sin. But really in in this whole chapter, he's communicating this standard with regards to our bodies. And in fact, earlier in verse 12, he says, listen, you say you can do anything. Not everything is good for you. You're not just supposed to do whatever you want. But even beyond what he says in these verses, what really resonated with me was the language that he used when he calls the body a temple. The audience that Paul would have been talking to would have been comprised of some Jews, but mostly Gentiles. What does that mean? Non-churched folk. So for them, that word wouldn't have meant as much to them as it did to him. But to Paul, this word carried weight. Paul was a Jew, a Hebrew Jew, a a former Pharisee, a a blood-born Israel. In the Israelites. So so this word would have meant more to him. That means that he would have been familiar with all the stories and the laws of the Old Testament. And so the word temple would have carried weight because it wasn't just just a building that was mentioned frivolously or nonchalantly. No, the temple was the dwelling place of God. And whether you were reading about the the, the tabernacle or the Ark of the Covenant or the temple, all places that were identified as the dwelling place of God. The Bible talks about these with specific details. The temple was a big deal. The dwelling place of God is a big deal. How you treat God's temple is a big deal. And listen, just because the address has changed doesn't mean that the standard of care has changed. Your temple matters to God. He he told us to offer our bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and pleasing unto God. And in the same fashion that he gave accounts and details for how the temple was to be treated in the Old Testament, listen, there are details for how the temple is to be treated. Scripture tells us, listen, Stay away from things like laziness, drunkenness, overeating, orgies, fornication, sex outside of marriage, indulgence in lustful pleasures. Can I just tell you something? Just because your body wants something doesn't mean it should have it. When in doubt, check the manual. Read it. Do you know what it says about the temple? Treating your body like a temple, though, should never lead to it becoming an idol. What are idols? Idols are things that we worship, things that we obey, things that we put in the place of God and allow to govern our lives. My body is the dwelling place of God. That doesn't mean that it is God. We've been sold this lie that if our body tells us when our body tells us something that we have to obey it. 
and that if we don't, we're not being true to ourselves. Please hear me. This is a strategically executed assault from the enemy designed for your destruction. We see this all around us. We're seeing this on a global scale right now as the agenda of the LGBTQ community tries to advance. And I'll be the first one to say that grieves me. Not from a place of judgment or anger or disgust, but from a place of compassion. Because the primary need for that community is the same as the primary need for this community. It's love. Not just any love. Love wins. You know why love wins? Because Jesus gave up his life on the cross. And the primary need for that community is the love of God. It's the primary need of every human being ever created by him and for him. And when we live void of that love, we're bankrupt. We're desperate. We're hopeless. Or has it been so long since you were desperate for God's love? And maybe, church, just maybe, if we could figure out our own wholeness, we could be used to help others. Paul says, again, offer your body as a living sacrifice. Your, your body should never become an idol that you just carelessly obey. In Romans chapter 6, here's what the Bible says. Do not let sin control the way that you live. Do not give in to sinful desires. Do not let any part of your body become an instrument of evil to serve sin. Instead, give yourselves completely to God. For you were dead, but now you have new life. So use your whole body as an instrument to do what is right for the glory of God. Prove me wrong. Find me one person who gives themselves to every desire of their flesh and is living a healthy and a whole life. You can't. You won't. Because that person doesn't exist. Sure, they might look like it on the outside or their story might be trying to convince you of that. But it's a facade. And I say that not with arrogance, but with confidence. Confidence not in my own opinion, but in the word of God. Because we were made by him and for him. My confidence comes from my training manual. My confidence comes from knowing that the one who created me has not left me to figure it out on my own. He's given me a set of instructions that are a lamp unto my feet and a light unto my path. Last week we learned from Romans 8 that a life governed by the flesh leads to what, church? Leads to death. So you won't find that person. You won't find that person healthy and whole. You'll find them deceived and broken. And I encounter them every single day. And my heart hurts. This week, I don't know why, but I just, I struggled. And there was such a heaviness on me. And I was talking to, to John about it. And I said, baby, my heart is just so sad. Because I feel like the brokenness is the norm, not the exception. Your body, without a doubt, matters to God. But we were made to worship the creator, not his creation. So pay attention to your body. Treat your body like a temple, not an idol. This is a message for all of us. And the last tip I want to give you this morning, the goal is to be healthy, 
not normal. Healthy, not normal. I cannot, if I had a dollar for every time, Angel, I just want to be normal, think normal, do normal, feel normal. Listen, you were not created to be normal. You were created to be healthy. Normal is a subjective term based on a comparative measure. Okay, what what does that mean? It, It means that normal is defined by whatever I'm comparing myself to. The problem we get into, the the danger, the trap that we face is the standard that we choose to compare ourselves to. And every single one of us is susceptible to this. There's not a person in this room that hasn't fallen prey to this temptation. Whether it's the, the people at work, my buddies, my friends at church, somebody on social media. And the problem is the standard is always changing. You were not created to be normal. We will compare anything and everything, and it sets us up for one of two traps. Trap number one, pride. I think I'm better than whatever I've chosen to compare myself to. Trap number two, inadequacy. I'm less than whatever I've chosen to compare myself to. You were created for one standard. It's his. The only way that we overcome this is to stop adjusting the standard and let the standard adjust you. Again, this is so simple. This is so simple, but we miss it all the time. It's not about you being like anyone else. The, the, the recipients of the talents didn't get to complain about what they've been given. It, they was just, their job was just to, to manage what they were given to steward what they were entrusted with, faithfully manage what God has given you. That's your job this morning. Okay, so, so if the goal is not to be normal, I get that. H- how do I know if I'm healthy? So simple. Look at the fruit. What does the fruit about the way that you are currently managing your physical body say about your health? Romans 12 says, be honest in your evaluation. Don't think you're better than you really are. Be honest in your evaluation. Are you active, focused, at peace, well-nourished, rested, or are you unmotivated, overweight, out of shape, tired, chronic pain, anxious, depressed? Do you want to know what the number one proven antidepressant is? Exercise. Thank you, baby. Go ahead. Exercise. And guess what? You won't need six other pills for the side effects. (laughs) And this is not just a potential. No, this is without a shadow of a doubt. Regular exercise is proven to increase your mood, increase memory retention, increase clarity of thought, energy, motivation. Proven. Why don't we do it? Regular. I'm not saying you have to start CrossFit. Or bodybuild. Take a walk. Buy a dog. Walk the dog. I mowed the lawn yesterday. John trying to pop my bubble, but my watch told me that mowing my lawn was equivalent to a four-mile walk. He tried to tell me, no, that's, that's not true, and he gave me all the logistics and analytics. for. And I'm like, stay in your lane. I just walked four miles. Thank you very much. Did you know that 90% of the body's serotonin is produced in your gut. What's serotonin? It's the neurotransmitter that, that, that's responsible for a good mood. 
And 90% of it is created in your gut. We complain about being depressed and anxious, but we put trash in our body like Mountain Dew six times a day. I don't buy it. They go to the gas station and come back with chug jugs of Mountain Dew. I'm like, what is wrong with you? Thank you. Listen, as a nation, we are the unhealthiest we've ever been. 66% of Americans regularly take prescription medication. 133 million Americans. But here, here's, here's the sad part. Of the top 50 most commonly prescribed prescription medication, 85 to 90% of those are being prescribed to combat lifestyle choices. Church, that's poor management. I'm not saying this to be harsh. My heart is for you. There is zero judgment in my tone, but we cannot compartmentalize our being. We cannot compartmentalize our reintegration, our wholeness. They affect one another. They give and take from one another. How I manage my body affects my soul and my spirit. I have a love-hate relationship for going to the gym with my husband. We don't regularly go together, um, but every now and then we'll be there at the same time. Here's what you need to know about my husband. When he does anything, he, um, he like researches and studies and, and he doesn't do anything halfway, okay? He, he's researching all the things and he's reviewing and, and he's just gathering all the data. I'm more of a wing it kind of girl. Just jump in. We'll figure it out. So not only does he research and study and do all the things, but he's also deliberative and strategic. Those are some of his strengths, okay? So what that means is that for John, he sees the obstacle or the potential potholes in every situation, but he also sees the solution to that. Translated, long story short, it means he thinks he knows everything, and usually he does. Oh, this is going to happen. Here's the answer because I've done all the research. So a few months ago, we're at the gym. And I don't know what I was doing, but he was, he was pushing me. You need to add more weight. You need to add more weight. You need to add more weight. I'm like, listen, sir, just stay in your lane. Pay attention to your own job. You can get the satisfaction of a job well done. I forgot to read you that scripture. Listen, Galatians 4, Galatians 6. We're just all over the place. What does it say? It says, pay careful attention to your own work, baby, because then you will get the satisfaction of a job well done, and you won't need to compare yourself to anyone else, for we are each responsible for our own conduct. So he's like, Angel, you need to add more weight. And I'm like, be responsible for your own conduct, John. Leave me alone. So, so he goes, and he, and he leaves me alone, judging me, I'm sure. Later on, we're at home, and he's like, what's your goal for the gym? And I'm like, I'm already annoyed with you. Leave me alone. I don't have a goal. I'm just going to the gym. I, this is what I said. I said, I don't have a goal. I'm just trying to maintain. You, you guys, you would have thought I'd, I'd have said something so stupid. Now, maybe it was. What? You don't have a goal? Okay, Angel, if you just want to maintain, keep doing what you're doing. Thank you. So Saul is trying to prove here. But listen, 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 listen. The Lord, so annoyingly later, was like, you know, he's right, angel. If you just want to maintain, 
keep doing what you're doing. But if you want to grow, you're going to have to add more weight. Listen, I had been in this like restless, this was a couple months ago, I had been in this just restless season with the Lord. And I'm just like, God, I just, I want more. I just, I want to know you more. I, I want more intimacy with you. And for a while, I, I had felt like he was telling me, okay, you need to get up earlier and spend time with me. To which my response is, no, I'm not going to do that. <laughs> Does it make any sense? We'll spend time together after the kids go to, it's not like I don't spend time with Jesus. It's after the kids go to school. That's our time. Why are you, don't rock the boat, Jesus. But for whatever reason, this is what he's saying. So I'm like, okay, fine. If you don't want to just maintain, add more weight. So I started getting up 45 minutes before I would get the kids up to spend time with Jesus. I also started adding more weight, but that's a non-essential non detail. <laughs> but listen, it made no sense to me. But it has, the fruit of it has been so beneficial. Spiritually, physically, emotionally. I don't know where you're at this morning. I don't know what season you're in. I look around and, and we've got people in every season. We've got new moms and we've got some, some later in life. Don't compare yourself. But what is, what, is, what is the Lord speaking to you? Maybe it's something that, like me, doesn't make any sense. But if he's calling you to add more weight this morning, just do it. Philippians chapter 1, and, and I'm closing with this. The Bible says this, I'm certain that God, who began the good work within you, will continue his work until it's finally finished. When will that be? Is there a certain age that I get to? Is there a season that I'm going to go through? Is there a decade, a retirement? When, when am I finally finished? Oh, wait, he tells us, on the day when Christ Jesus returns. Wherever you're at, you've got a job to do. Wherever you're at, he's got an assignment for you. Stand with me this morning. We are all managers. If you are breathing this morning and there is blood pumping through your veins, you have a body to manage. That body matters to God. That body is a part of your assignment. This morning, I'm going to invite my husband up because he's going to tell you about some amazing resources that we have coming up just to equip you, just to provide community and an opportunity for stewardship. But before we do, can I just pray with you? Can you just bow your heads and close your eyes? Maybe this morning you came and you're in the midst of feeling that physical pain as a response to that desperation. You're feeling that physical pain as a response to that death that's in your spirit. I wanna pray with you this morning. The process of, of wholeness, the process of reintegration begins with being reborn. And so if you're here this morning and you don't know Jesus Christ as your savior, I never wanna miss an opportunity to lead you into a life-giving relationship with him. And so if that's you this morning, or if you're joining us online and that's you, I just wanna pray with you this morning, but I just wanna know who I'm praying with. So if that's you, would you just raise your hand quickly and put it back down? I don't know Jesus as my personal savior. I see that hand, thank you. Anybody else? Anybody else, church? Don't miss this opportunity. Let's just pray this morning. Jesus, we need you. We cannot manage this life without you. 
This morning we choose to receive you as Lord and Savior. Come into my heart. Forgive me of my sins, for they are many. Change me and lead me in management training in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Go ahead, baby. Amen. Did you appreciate that word today? And I just want to say you're welcome. No, you can leave that microphone off. Turn it back on in case I need to respond. <laughs> I was just going to say you're welcome for always. I thanked you. For always challenging you in those ways that you need to be challenged. And I'm not always right. Sometimes she's right. But um, listen, she, she came to me a few couple months ago and said, hey, God has put this on my heart. I think we need to do this series just every part of our being and recognizing and understanding and communicating how they're, they're all so connected and we can't compartmentalize. We can't handle one without the other. It's all inclusive. And so, so it's like, okay, well, let's do it. And then as they got closer, it's like, okay, well then you do it. <laughs> and, and so she is, and she's doing a great job, but it's not, and, and our heart is never just to get up here and Shame. and lecture right. or or just with words teach, but, but our heart is to show and to equip and to, to really give you the, the tools and the resources that, that you need so that when you leave, you can then take that and apply that to your life. And so, so as we've been talking about this series, it's like, okay, so how do we help them practically? How do we help them steward their body, steward their soul, steward their spirit? And so just wanted to, to let you know the things that are coming up June 2nd which is a couple Wednesdays from now, we're starting a class on emotional intelligence. Now, next week, we're gonna be talking about the soul and how do we steward that. But but want to encourage you, come on out, starting on, on the second Wednesday night, 7 p.m., emotional intelligence, really to, to equip you, give you the tools needed to, when you start seeing some of these signs, okay, what does that mean? Where did it come from? How do I how do I manage that? How do I move on from that? Um, but but not just soul, not just spirit, but but also in the physical. How yeah. do we how do we manage, how do we steward this? And uh, and so we were thinking about it, and, and there's a there's a young man in the church who is a personal trainer. He's over here. Nate, why don't you just go ahead and raise raise your hand, give everybody a wave. This is Nate and his wife, Haley. And Nate's a personal trainer. And so we said, well, what if, what if, what if Nate came in and did like a, like a boot camp? And we did like a Dream City boot camp, like all skill levels. Listen, I won't tell you to put more weight on. And so if you're worried about that, I won't do that to you. But, but we talked to Nate and he's like, absolutely, I would love to do that. And, and it doesn't matter where you are. It doesn't matter your, your current activity level. It doesn't matter where you find yourself. This is really for everybody and anybody can jump in and be a part. And Pastor Doby has promised me that he will be there. And so that starts, no, he hasn't, but I just promised for him. There's power, there's authority when you have a microphone up here. I just want you guys to know that. But that starts this week, Thursday morning. No, it does not start this week. Next week. June 3rd. Thank you. My mother-in-law just said she's right. My deliberative and strategic did not kick in there. June 3rd, 7 a.m. 7 to 8 here at the church, probably back in the life room. But... But starting from then on, it will be Tuesday and Thursday mornings, twice a week, 7 a.m., 7 to 8 a.m. And so we'll just encourage you, listen, be good stewards. And if that's not it, find light, like Angel said, go buy a dog. Walk the dog. 
go for a walk, do something, start wherever you're at, yeah. start where you're at, and let's be good stewards of the resources that God has given us, amen? Amen. Hey, registration is required for both of those, just for space. Those registrations are live, so go on, register for those. The boot camp is only for the month of June, so don't put it off. We're only offering it in June. They both start the same week, but go on, register for those. It's community. It's not getting you to heaven, but it's, listen, it's putting the tools in your hands. And this is, we are doing this to serve you and to love you well. Amen. Amen. Love you guys. Yes. Be blessed. Have a great week. Dream City Omaha is here to help you discover Christ, recover your identity, and uncover your purpose. We encourage you to check out our past sermon series and our discipleship classes. And don't forget to subscribe to stay up to date.